We're here to inspire, inform, and connect entrepreneurs and high achievers. Welcome to Results Radio with the number one results coach in the country, Sean Shuchuk. Sean is as focused on your results as you are. Visit our website at www.yourresultsradio.com and take advantage of the free tips and gifts. Plus, get your copy of the best-selling results journal developed by the number one results coach in the country. With you in mind, it is the most powerful achievement tool used by high achievers today. Here is the host of Results Radio, Sean Shuchuk. Welcome to Results Radio. I'm your host, Sean Chuchuk. And as always, and you know this, we bring you the very best. Today, of course, is no, no exception to that rule. But before we get there, I want to share something really interesting with you. A couple things, actually. One, if you haven't yet, go to yourresultsradio.com. Get yourself a copy of the Results Journal. It was designed with you in mind to help you achieve more and, of course, to do it in less time. Collapsing those time frames, it's what it's all about. I received an email probably now about oh, 10 days ago, and they were querying me about real estate. And if I'd ever been involved in real estate, and the answer to that question is yes, I've probably done 480 or 90 deals over the course of my lifetime. While it is not my sole focus, I have a fairly decent understanding of it. The flip side of that coin, I think what the important part of all of this is, is that I brought in somebody, a good friend of mine, somebody who is an expert, someone who knows his stuff when it comes to real estate. So we're going to spend the next 30 minutes or so exploring that, exploring what it takes and sometimes the highs and maybe even some of the rough spots in all this. So this guy is a rock star. He's doing not just the odd house here or there, the odd deal here and there. He's doing some big stuff. He's out of the great state of Texas. Mark Kinney is absolutely one of the most incredible guys I've had the privilege to work with and get to know. Him and his wife are killing it. They're making it happen. Mark, welcome to Results Radio. Thank you for joining me. Hello, Sean. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We're going to dive right in, if that's okay with you. How long have you been an investor? I started investing in real estate uh, 25 years ago, right out of college. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, I still had corporate jobs, CPA for a while, did IT consulting for a while, but started buying, like I mentioned, I was, I was 22 and, um, started buying larger properties about four and a half, five years ago, um, larger apartment properties. So when I first started, I was buying two, three, four unit deals. Didn't really start directly with single family, but started with small multifamily and then started buying larger and larger deals. And now it's a full time for me as well for real estate. Here's a question for you. And it, I'm curious why, you know, you had a good profession, you know, you're an accountant, that kind of thing is good. You know, if you have a background in IT, whatever the, the specialties are, why, and you can do well, why real estate? So I first started doing real estate because growing up, we just didn't really have a lot. And I, I really didn't, real estate made the most sense to me, kind of just a logical type thinker, if you want to say, and I can touch it, I can feel it. People need a place to live. Made a lot more sense to me than you know, frankly, gold and silver and those things that, you know, yeah, they're, they're nice to look at, but at the end of the day, I can't sleep in it and I can't eat it, <laughs> you know, things <laughs> like that. So that's why I was always attracted to real estate. And really the reason I started going to larger properties, I had my own IT company. I started in 2008 and was doing you know, pretty well. I had several Fortune 100 companies. 
the projects kind of all over the, the world. And I was working probably 85 hours a week mm-hmm. consistently and completely ignored my wife, uh, Tamil, you know, slept about three hours a night and every hour I had left, which wasn't much, I would spend with the kids and ignored uh, Tamil and kind of came to the realization that this probably isn't the best for a marriage to be working like this and ignoring your wife. So we had a, you know, kind of a, we both loved real estate and we said, well, in order for me to replace my IT income, which was, was pretty decent at the time, I need to start buying larger properties and not just buying larger properties. I need to start bringing other people in with me to buy properties so I can go bigger, faster. <laughs> I like that. I, I think that's well put. Uh, you know, and you said something that I find interesting. I remember growing up, and of course, you know, uh, my dad was involved in real estate my, my whole life and growing up, and I probably that's why I come by it. And to see, it seems perhaps natural to me, more natural than others. I, mean, I think the average, you know, uh, person today in North America does maybe two real estate deals uh, in their lifetime. And for some of us, like yourself and perhaps me, we're a little more. I'll use the word uh, loosely crazy when it comes to, you know, uh, taking, ri- <laughs> taking risk. <laughs> right. right. Uh, but I think, I think it takes that. What would you say to those people that are, that are listening to us have this conversation today? And to be very clear, there are folks listening to us from Canada, from the United States, from Europe, Australia, New Zealand. There are people all over the world that are listening to us have this conversation. And what do you say to those people that they, they're hearing what you say, but they're going, well he's different than me, or I could never do what he's done or him and his wife have done. Um, I couldn't, the risk is too big. What if, what if it doesn't work? What if there's a downturn? What if 2008 repeats itself? Whatever those, those things are that are going through their head thinking that, that you're different than they are. What do you say to those people? Yeah. You know, I would say everything we've done is it's you know learnable it's a skill that can be taught and you know there are certain steps you go through and everybody has a certain skill set typically that they're really good at and it's usually what they like doing mm-hmm. so i would just say surround yourself around people that you know have done what you want to do some people are going to have some stories like i have some as well where everything didn't go as planned so those stories and lessons learned are critical so you can avoid hopefully making the same mistakes that I've made over my career. I think with the market downturn and things like that, it's certainly um, legitimate concern and risk. So you need to be conservative on your underwriting. There are certain things that you just, you know, look at in a deal and no deal necessarily goes a hundred percent as planned. It can go better. Sometimes it can go worse at sometimes, but the fact is if you, you need to have that knowledge to understand, you know, is this deal potentially going to be a good deal or not? And as long as you're conservative underwriting and you have people surrounded around you that have done it before and, you know, made mistakes before and can help you through that. I think real estate without a doubt is, you know, I think it's the best investment period because everybody needs a place to live where I like a lot of asset classes in real estate outside of multifamily, but I, I still come back to multifamily because I think it does well in a, in a good market. I think it does well in a down market, but it also depends what type of properties you're buying. If you're buying, you know, the, the class A brand new building, I love those to look at, but I don't think they make as much sense from a financial perspective. We try to focus more on the class B and C assets where, you know, there's seventies to maybe, you know, uh, late eighties construction mm-hmm. and that type of demand 
typically will always be there no matter how the market does. And frankly, I also believe, and I experienced it, that a lot of the factors from you know, 08 and 09 that existed, lenders are a lot more stringent now on underwriting, um, whether they're going to give you, you know, loans and they're being more selective on the deals they do. So I, I personally think that it's a different uh, market than it was in 08, 09. Well, could it be repeated? It could definitely be repeated, but I think it would be repeated differently and for different factors. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, and and I think you're you're on point with you know what you're sharing with with us and with our listeners today. Uh, we're gonna in the second half of our show today, we're gonna talk a little bit more about some of the other stuff you get involved in. I know you and your wife are involved, and some other mutual friends of ours are involved with heavily. And I, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about that, but I, I'm gonna take a different route here that I think is important to clarify. You have a plan in place, and you know what you. From a real estate standpoint, you know the physical aspect of it. You know what your goal is, from what you want to target or acquire. It's not just willy nilly. Hey, we're going to go buy some property with some doors on it and, and hope and pray it works out. Is that is that a fair statement? It is. It's actually something that's been refined and refined. And actually, I just had a conversation earlier today in the morning with with two gentlemen and and mentioned that fact that. The more deals you do, the more markets you go to, the more investors you inter- interact with, you get a really good feel for what investors are attracted to. And it changes. It can change over time. You know, un- unfortunately, a lot of people that start out kind of start out with uh, the classy, you know, huge rehabs, you know, frankly, a little riskier projects mm-hmm. because that's where they think they need to start and they can't be as competitive as other people buying nicer assets. But um, I have a criteria and, and frankly, it's, it's mine, but it, it's, it's somewhat dictated by investor pool. So we bring investors into deals. So just because I like Hold to on, deal, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there. Cause you, you touched on sure. something that we have it on the show touched on that I think is important. You just said something interesting to me in investor pool. Are you indicating then you don't use your own money to do most of these deals? Well, we do both. So we'll put money into a deal, but the majority of it is coming from investors. So we might, you know, like last year, we raised about 16 million from investors to do about 1,200 units. Uh, and it's, you know, syndication, it's just a fancy word, but it's essentially partnering mm-hmm. with other people that have the, the money alongside with us. We do the work as far as finding the deals and running the deals and analyzing them and things like that. And we bring, uh, you know, that to investors and investors can choose to invest alongside with us in a deal. But that allows me to go much bigger, much faster. And also from an investor standpoint, it allows them to spread their risk across, let's say, you know, a 150-unit deal versus, you know, a two-unit deal. So the risk is, is generally speaking, less for the investor as well. So the idea of what so many of us have been heard and taught over the years, that you can actually do what it is you're doing without uh, a massive outlay of your own money is, in fact, possible. It's it's possible for sure. You know, we have a group we started from educational and teaching other people, and it's been amazing to see, you know, picking up what people have strengths on. So we have a guy we started working with last year. He's 29 years old. He had essentially no money of his own and also mm-hmm. couldn't raise money at the time. He ended up doing three deals last year, you know, and retired and ended up, you know, his last deal he did last year was 321 units. Wow. So if you get good at something, I tell people that you're, you're good at something. You need to find out what it is. You don't have to go necessarily and find your own deal and analyze your own deal and 
put all the money and raise all the money. If you can get good at something, I use the analogy of I like the UFC for, <laughs> for you know, the, the fighters. And sometimes you'll see a fighter that gets really, really good at one, one aspect. You, know, you want to be well-rounded, but they get really, really good. And then when they, they fight somebody, they, they leverage that skill set. It's the mm-hmm. same as getting into a project. If you can, you know, this guy I mentioned got really good at finding deals. Another guy in a group got really good at analyzing deals. Well, he didn't have much money either, and he didn't even find a deal, but he, he's a partner with other people on two large deals over 200 units apiece because mm-hmm. he became valuable to them. He had a skill set other people were attracted to and needed them. So when you're building this team out that you're talking about, you basically find people that have varied skill sets that are good at what they do. They're 10 out of 10. And if they're not, I'm guessing you probably work with them and coach them into that. So uh, this becomes a collaboration, not just, uh, you know, a lone wolf type scenario. Absolutely. I think if you try to do what we're doing all by yourself, you're going to go much slower, which might be okay. Cause frankly, some people probably aren't the right person to be partnered with other people. They should be right. going alone. And the reason I say that, not because I think it's a good idea, but because they can't, <laughs> they can't work with other people, you know, <laughs> but if you have the, the open mindset to, to understand that, Hey, you bring a skill set and your skill set isn't necessarily more important than the other person's skill set. And together as a team, you can actually make better decisions and go bigger and faster and, you know, become a better overall group. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We teach all aspects of it. And it's somewhat funny because people gravitate to certain areas and we try to help them gravitate to certain areas in some cases, because at least initially it gets them into the deal. Mm-hmm. If I have a skill set that gets me into a deal, that's my number one goal. I don't have to find the deal necessarily or bring all the money. I can have other skill sets coming in the deal. And by doing that now it allows me to become part of the general partnership for the deal. And I can start building my track record, my story. Awesome. This is results radio. I am your host, Sean Chuchuk. We have the incredible marketing with us today, sharing an incredible amount about what he's doing and how he got there. We're to take a break. Stay with us. We'll be back in two minutes. What would being a best-selling author do for you and your business? Massive credibility. Your brand launchpad. Celebrity. Over two-thirds of Americans want to write a book. Get yours published now and distribute it around the world. More exposure means more prospects. More prospects means more clients. Even better, you don't have to do it all alone. You've got the leading publishing and marketing team doing it with you. At Results Press, it's easier than you dreamed. Visit us today at theresultspress.com. You and I know you're ready for more, for the freedom that you were promised when you decided to become an entrepreneur. Sean Shuchuk is the number one results coach in the country, and he wants to work with you, but only if you want to achieve real and lasting results. If you want five times or ten times your income, and to do it fast, if you want that six or seven figure income, visit changeyourresults.com now. Send Sean a message and say, I want real freedom. I want to invest in myself and work with you. Welcome back to Results Radio. I'm your host, Sean Chuchuk. And as always, we bring you the very best. Today is no exception to that. Mr. Markinney is with us from the great state of Texas, and he's sharing a little bit about what he does in his business. I want to thank you for the first half of the show, Mark. That was some incredible nuggets and knowledge and skill that you shared over how you've done what you, know, you and, your, and your wife have done. We're going to take a shift gears just just slightly. Uh, you have another component to the business, and you sure shared uh, just a touch of this earlier. 
before the break about education. So you have an education component that you work with folks on. Give us a little bit of insight in that. How does that, how does that work? What does it look like? And if there are folks who are you know, listening right now who are interested, how do they find out more about you at some point in time, which we'll get to in the interview, but just share some of that, that basic knowledge with, with our, our listeners. Yeah, sure. So we went through and, and learned a you know, bunch of hard lessons. Unfortunately, I really wish we would have had someone that was doing a better job at the time educating us. So, you know, we said, well, we think we have some, some information that's valuable to people to help them get started and hopefully do well and, and make less mistakes. So we started out doing webinars and things like that. And people are like, well, what are you doing next? We're like, well, that's it. We did a webinar. And <laughs> so then we started doing meetups and we started doing one day events and then two day events and things like that. So we structured it where it's, it's full content, meaning our whole goal is to have the most educated people group, if you want to say, and the easiest group to work with, period. Those are my two main goals. I think if we can do those two things, we'll have may more, way more than we can even, you know, we could even ask for. But it's ongoing. So people think, you know, hey, I'm going to sign up for this course and get videos. We do that too. You can sign up for videos, get them from us and have no interaction with us. But at the end of the day, you need that ongoing education that goes very, very deep, which we do. We have, you know, exclusive training just for our students, you know, all day type training. We have open training for, you know, the public as well. And we do special things like deal analysis class where we spend, you know, eight and a half hours analyzing deals, which is, you know, fun for some people. I like it, but some people, you know, probably hard for other people. Mm-hmm. But our whole goal really is to try to get as many people that want to um, involved in deals. And in some aspect, making sure they're learning every aspect of it and becoming, you know, superstars, you want to say, and, and other aspects of that and working together and sharing information. You know, our group will share a lot of things that, you know, most groups probably wouldn't share because they think it's giving something that's a competitive advantage to me. You know, we share our contacts with people, not our investors, but we share, you know, all our brokers, we share all our um, vendors that we use for everything. And I think, you know, that's, that's how people get better and better. And then you'll see that the group starts sharing. Somebody goes to an event, for example, and they type up a bunch of notes and shares it with a group, which is mm-hmm. priceless, right? You know, so I, come to your, I come to your one-day event, Mark, and I spend the day with you guys. What, what, what are we – without you giving away, you know, the, the – as you put it, the competitive advantage, but what do I take away? What – why do I why do I come to your event and what do I take away at the end of the day? Yeah, so we'll have you know I do a lot of the the teaching there, but we also have experts coming in for certain areas. So we'll have a CPA talking about the tax advantages, which a lot of people don't understand. We'll talk about if you invest. You know, we have a a guy that's coming that talks about alternatives or self directed IRAs using QRP instead. You know, we, so we have an attorney talking about what to look for as a passive investor. We actually have a breakout session where we underwrite a deal, you know, go through it from, from front to back. So we go through 14 steps. Step one, as far as finding your criteria, all the way through closing a deal and all those steps in between. And anyone that's not familiar with apartment investing, you know, are, they're going to see that it's much, much different than single family in a lot of respects. I don't say it's, you know... People act like it's super, super complicated. I'd say it's not complicated. It's different and it is more involved, but at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. 
So we'll go through all the steps, kind of how do you raise money? How do you find deals? How do you interact with brokers? How do you structure deals for investors? How do you work with a mortgage broker to figure out the best, you know, because there are all a whole slew of different options for multifamily when you're going to get loans, for example, mm-hmm. and everything in between. Um, define your criteria and why that's important uh, and, and things like that. So, and then we have the panels. We have um, some people talk about how they got started, some of their struggles. I share struggles we've had, you know, and, and some of them, you know, some people probably wouldn't want to share that from the stage. I have no problem. The more I can share to help people, the more I'm willing to do it. And I've had, you know, a couple really, really tough things that have happened uh, over the years. And I share that and how I could have avoided it, the lessons learned. And to me, I wish I would have had that. So everything I wish I would have had when I started is, is what you, we You share now? <laughs> well, that, we, share we, one? We, we, we talked oh, about yeah. a moment ago about the plan that you folks have in place and how you follow that and execute on the plan and it delivers the, the results that you need, want, desire, and, and in my opinion, ultimately deserve if you're going to put in the time effort, and, and, and time, effort, and energy. Do you help these folks put together their plan? We do. The business plan, we do. Yes. So they we have, know we what when they leave. They know what they're going after. They know what the next step is. It's not just a seminar high when they leave. They actually have something they can work with. Oh, they have something they work with. Yeah, they do. We don't do people's individual plans. We go over what a plan looks like and what you would have on it because that's the thing. People, yeah, they come into it new. They need to think through in their head what they really want, and we help them do that. We don't do it for each individual person, but we talk about how to create a plan, what goes in it. But they definitely go through you know, the, you know, the 14 steps, so they'll know those well. Now, that's just head knowledge. Now, how do you actually go and execute on that, which is harder. And the reason I say that is not because they have lack of knowledge, because they, they lack the track record and reputation. So if someone starts out brand new, they have not done a deal yet before, they have all the head knowledge, however they got that, they're still going to have a hard time interacting with brokers. It's just a fact. So there are certain things you can do to make it easier to attract selling brokers as well as what does a seller look for and what's attractive to a, to a seller to give you kind of that you know, winning advantage when you're submitting offers. Right. So that's kind of what we go through. I like that a lot. Now, as you know, I, I get the privilege to travel and speak all over North America and sometimes uh, a little bit in Europe and other places as well. But what, one of the things that I've, and I've spoken to a lot of groups, real estate groups, my question then for you is, I run into people and I have a conversation with them and they say, listen, you know, I'm a, I'm an investor. And I say, perfect. Well, you know, how many deals have you done? And all of a sudden the conversation gets very quiet. And what do you think holds people back? They, they, they want to invest, they go to RIA groups, they go to some kind of training. They, but there's this thing about pulling the trigger. What, what do you say to those people? Yeah. I, you know, I'd say partly, you know, unfortunately, you're never going to have 100% of the information to make a decision. And every, every, that implies anything, right? And the risk involved with multifamily real estate in general is, you know, a lot less, in my opinion, than, let's say, the, the stock market. That's, there's no logic in it, right? But I also think, you know, one, getting educated. So if they're educated and they're, just, they're not willing to move forward, they can start out small you know, kind of get into a project with a lower investment or maybe use their retirement funds, which they can do as well. End of the day, some people are just never going to move forward no matter what. And other people just need to 
have an opportunity presented to them. But if I understand the type of deal they're looking for, so I'm not trying to force a deal on somebody. I'm trying to understand, you know, as an investor, what would they like in a deal? And if I was able to find that deal, you know, would they be, you know, willing to invest? And if not, why? And partly it's just the comfort level. You know, they, they've never done it before. So it's, it's something different, but I think education is key. And if they have that, then it's getting involved in deal, maybe on a smaller part, or maybe taking a little more active role in some form or fashion where they're providing some sort of value to the deal and, and learning the aspects of it deeper. Because head knowledge is just head knowledge. You know, you need to actually have the, the actual activity of going through a deal and learning that. But most people, if they start understanding the way multifamily is valued too, if you get, you know, five units or above, and I won't go into all the details, but, you know, every dollar I can save or, or earn is, you know, about $15 in value. So every dollar is about $15 because of the way, you know, cap rates work. And, you know, that's, that's probably a different, different discussion, but you start getting that in your head and you're like, man, this is really how people start building work. If I buy a, their self or their net worth, right? If I buy a, a house, it's going to be worth what the house next to me is worth within reason and the one down the street and things like that. If I buy multifamily, I'm buying a business and I can control how much the business is worth by increasing my revenue or decreasing my expenses or hopefully both. And for every dollar, as I mentioned, I do that, it's going to be a, you know, a multiple of like $15 of value. So I think some of it just people not understanding some of those aspects of, you know, why would I do multifamily versus, you know, single family, single family seems a lot less risky. Well, that's not the case either in my mind, because you're not spreading your risk. The default rates for single family, you know, over the history of you know time has been, have been higher than multifamily. But, you know, I think just getting them comfortable and, and not trying to, you know, push it on them right away that, hey, you need to invest. It's, it's understanding their criteria first. And then trying to you know present opportunities to them that might meet the criteria. Do you think there's a certain amount of uh, paralysis by analysis involved when it comes to <laughs> taking that risk and taking that jump and saying you know I'm going to sign on the dotted line, especially because you know if you've never, as you put it so eloquently, if you've never been there before, it's a big leap to just start right. signing mortgages or you know like buying a house that. I don't know, you know, again, most people buy maybe one or two, but we're, we're talking about, you know, something much larger, especially with what you, with you and your wife were doing. Yeah. No uh, kidding. So I, was, I mentioned I was on a call earlier. I was on another call about an hour before you and I spoke and it was mm-hmm. five engineer type people. And, you know, they, like you said, they analyze, 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 you know, they bought uh, like an eight unit deal over the last like three years. So they did, they did take action. But I think once they, you know, understand that, hey, they're also not necessarily responsible as an investor for a deal. So if we, we as I'm leading the project, I sign on a loan as a guarantor, as an investor, they're not personally liable. Now, there's risk involved. And, you know, unfortunately, you could lose all your money, which, you know, nobody hopes that will happen. But the reality is that's the extent of your loss as a passive investor. Not actually, you know, running the risk, and our our loans are non-recourse. You know, we get so we don't have the personal liability for that. Where single family typically is recourse loans, but yeah, some people are just going to analyze to death, and um, you know, you can put anything on a piece of paper. You can make any deal work on a on a piece of paper in Excel. If you choose to, mm-hmm. but understanding those kind of rules of thumb, and understanding how to underwrite a deal, and looking at certain attributes like 
break-even occupancy, break-even rents, you know, things like that, would hopefully give people a little more comfort level. And it, it, it does. We've seen it before where a lot of people turn and say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to invest now. Uh, because the risk in reality is, is less risky than a lot of other things they're already investing in today. Let's say someone's new to this and they're, they're standing on the fence. They're going, yeah, I could, but... You know, there is a risk. There is, you know, I remember my somebody in the 80s lost their whatever it was. What do you say? Do you just tell them jump, Mark? Do you just say, you know what, you got to take that leap of faith? Yeah, I would try to understand what their risks are. And, you know, everybody has a story in every, uh, every aspect where something went, didn't go as planned. Um, I think showing them the results have happened before. And then, yeah, but yeah, end of the day. It's like present, present, and then it might not be the first time or the second time, but by the third, third or fourth deal that comes around, then they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do it. And uh, they learn more over the process. They learn more about us over the process. But yeah, end of the day, I think, you know, just get in with something, you know, to get a, you know, experience with it, put in an investment that, you know, is relatively small and get that experience. It needs to be something that they're, you know, unfortunately, if you want to say, capable of losing, meaning don't take someone's money if it's their, their money to live on. But if it's right. money that they're investing in investments, they need to understand that risk involved. And then if they invest with that, you know, you know, they'll start seeing, the best thing is they start seeing checks, right? Starts coming in the mail. That's when they start getting excited about it. And, and I want to do more deals now. But yeah, it's, it's tough, Sean. I think really to get people over that depending on the type of person, other people, you know, I met someone on the airplane. She's like, well, I have, you know, I'll give you the number, but it's a pretty big number. And I want to invest in apartments. I knew the lady for like three, three minutes, you know, before she's telling me all this stuff about her, you know? So, but yeah, at the end of the day, get in there, get, you know, invest in something you feel comfortable with. There's always risk involved, but become educated and, you know, start with someone that you, you trust, which is hard as well. But if you do those things and generally speaking, you'll, you'll do fine. Final question, and I get this a lot. I'm sure you've heard this a lot. Uh, we're going to wrap the show up in the uh, half hour. has gone really, really quickly here, and I want to thank you for sharing so much with us so openly. But um, I hear this. You know, I, nobody wants to invest with me. How do I find investors or joint venture partners? What do you say to that person? So if someone's trying to put a deal together and they don't have a track record, they don't have experience, things like that, then they really need to find somebody they can partner up with and now, you know, Camille and I, my wife basically did a little, a little video, you know, four most important words in, in real estate is my partners and I. So if I can, you know, say that, Hey, my partners and I have done whatever, 2,500 units or, you know, five States, um, been doing it for you know, over 20 years, then it, it, it's a group effort, right? So I'm not out there trying to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. It's very tough trying to do it by yourself if you've never done it before, but I, I think acknowledging that, yeah, I, I am newer to this. You know, that's why I partnered up with, you know, Sean, because he's very experienced and he's been doing it a long time. So I, I realize that I'm newer, but I think that's the key. And then people need to see you more than once. So if you go to meetups, for example, or an event and the first they see you once and never see you again, they kind of, they don't know kind of what you're up to, right? And you're, you legit, are you just fly by night? And letting people know as well what you're doing. Like, hey, I looked at a property today or I submitted a letter of intent. You don't get all those things. Uh, you know, and that every LOI becomes a contract, but they start seeing that you're active. But it's, it's tough. 
it's tough if you haven't raised money before and you don't have a track record. You really need to partner with somebody, in my opinion, to do that. That's going to be the best way. Well, to do you're it. talking about relationships, Mark, and I think you know we talk about that. I talk about this a great deal. So I think there's a key to all of this. Now, I really want to share uh, something for those people listening from you, if I can. There's a lot of people listening, thousands and thousands and thousands from all over that are listening to this conversation. What's one golden nugget, one thing that you can share with the Change Your Results community they can take away, wrap their head, heart, and hands around and implement when we finish speaking? Well, I, I think you touched on it, actually. I love it, too. It, it's, it's a relationship. Taking action and becoming a, uh, you know, a valued asset to somebody. So you need something. I mean, unfortunately, you just can't be a nice guy. I mean, it's great if you are, but you need something of value. And everybody has something they can, they can offer. So getting really, really good at something that you're good at, then you become valuable to people. And then the relationships will start you know, just happening over time, and you'll have more and more people that are attracted to you because they see you as the guy or gal that is an expert in a certain area. So I'd say don't try to do it all. You know, become good at something, but know, know the general realities of everything and partner with other people and partnering up with through relationships and building those relationships and, and using relationships or teams that other people have to basically jumpstart how fast you can go. Because if you can go in and develop a team by one partnership and they have another, you know, 15 people that they partner with for certain things, then you just save yourself probably, you know, one, a lot of headache, a lot of time and probably a couple of years of your, <laughs> of your life doing that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I, pr- I appreciate that very much. And finally, if anybody that's listening to us today wants to reach out to you and Tamil, have a conversation to find out more about what you guys do, maybe how they become involved, uh, work with you, attend one of your events. How do they get a hold of you guys? So our website is thinkmultifamily.com. So thinkmultifamily.com. My email is mark, M-A-R-K, at thinkmultifamily.com. You heard it here, friends. This is Results Radio. Mark Kenny, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it very much. As always, we bring you the very best. If you have not yet, go to our website at yourresultsradio.com and get yourself a copy of the Results Journal. It was designed with you in mind so you can accomplish more in less time. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Have an incredible day. Thank you for joining us today on Results Radio. Every show, we bring you the very best guests that share with you their experiences and expertise. Do whatever you have to do to join us for our next show. And visit us today at yourresultsradio.com. While you're there, get your copy of the Results Journal.